Uh, good evening, and welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. And I'm Jim Dwyer. And I'm back from Tennessee. Tennessee Jed. <laughs> Bonnaroo. Wow, what a four days that was. If you ever get a chance, uh, check it out, but be prepared for uh, <laughs> dirty porta johns <laughs> For a couple of days. A lot of dust. A lot of hippies, a lot of uh, music, and other cool things to do. They even had the they even had a little cinema for uh, yeah. people that wanted to watch uh, either the World Cup or the uh, uh, basketball playoffs, and they had a variety of movies, so all sorts of entertaining options. Speaking of the World Cup, by the way, uh, do definitely check out. Uh, I think the game's on Friday. The Argent uh, Argentina versus Germany. That's probably. Uh, Worthy of a semifinal match, if not a finals match. Ought to be real good. Uh, I don't know if you've been watching any of the World Cup. No, I've lost track of, of <laughs> who's where. I know the Netherlands have apparently fallen, and I'm not sure if England advances or... They advanced. Okay. Uh, Beckham came through, I guess. Oh, right, right. I had heard about that. Soccer is sort of interesting. It's, it's a lot like hockey. It's really about spacing and uh, taking advantage of those few opportunities that do arise because uh, there aren't too many Brazils out there that can just uh, score three or four goals to put the game out of reach. And unfortunately, officiating has <laughs> become a big uh, story in that uh, tournament. But anyway, um, I was lucky enough to get back in time, by the way, to see a absolutely superb uh, version of uh, Frontline uh, last Tuesday slash Wednesday. Uh, we're lucky here in Michigan because we, uh, if you get cable locally, you can. They uh, get three public uh, PBS stations, and they sh- re-showed this at various times. And uh, this particular episode was entitled "The Dark Side," and it was basically a uh, recreation of how the uh, war on terror slash war in Iraq uh, centered around the. Uh, power grab that uh, Dick Cheney and Donald Rumsfeld uh, succeeded in accomplishing while a fairly uh, meek and uh, uninvolved George Bush allowed this to happen. It was sort of a uh, recreation of all of the systematic uh, uses of disinformation that the uh, Bush administration used to uh, justify going to war, how they uh, planted stories in the media, and how they appeared on television to create a uh, fake reality about Saddam Hussein's uh, so-called eminent threat and that Dick Cheney was at the heart of all of this. Uh, He had placed uh, Cheney loyalists, so to speak, in all areas of the the government, uh, top top officials, uh, and really at the end of the day only uh, Colin Powell and uh, George Tenet uh, provided any resistance whatsoever for this... uh, ill-conceived concept of uh, invading Iraq as part of the war on terror. And uh, one day in particular was amazing in which, uh, I believe it was uh, the 8th of uh, September of 2002, in which uh, Don Rumsfeld, Condoleezza Rice, and Dick Cheney all appeared on the Sunday morning talk shows to uh, basically cite a Judith Miller article that had been in the Sunday Times that day, justifying uh, 
uh, and claiming that uh, Iraq had weapons of mass destruction. This was when Condoleezza Rice made the famous mushroom cloud right. quote. And, of course, over the next month and a half, uh, they used this uh, systematic disinformation in the media repeatedly to uh, rifle through this uh, congressional resolution that was poorly conceived. They even forced George Tenet uh, to... Uh, create a national intelligence estimate on Iraq, uh, a procedure apparently that normally takes several years to accomplish in which uh, all sorts of intelligence is vetted, uh, reviewed, analyzed, and even foreign intelligence uh, services are used. And instead, uh, Tenet rushed this thing with basically two weeks. And this became part of the reality, quote-unquote, that was used uh, to bamboozle Congress uh, which, of course, was meek and uh, subservient to the administration's uh, fundamental goals on the war on terror in general, and hence this congressional resolution was rushed through right before the uh, congressional elections of November 2002, and here we find ourselves uh, with no light at the end of the tunnel, no prospect of uh, Iraq... Uh, security forces standing up for themselves and it's interesting to note by the way that on the uh, 6th of February the multinational force in Iraq uh, detailed the number of IEDs attacks on coalition troops, Iraqi security forces and civilians in 2005 that number was 10,593 in 2004, it was 5,607. So you can see from those numbers, uh, the number of attacks just in one year almost doubled. And this, of course, is continuing today. Zarqawi is uh, sort of an irrelevancy to uh, the reality on the ground. And just today, George Bush reasserted uh, that we will stay in Iraq uh, based on the decision of General Casey, based on the situation on the ground. And, of course, the situation on the ground will never improve. Um, if anything, it will get worse or stay the same, which is plenty bad. And, uh, well, the uh, you know, you know, it's funny. You know, just today, uh, Warren Buffett, the second mm -hmm. richest man in the world, is giving uh, the richest man in the world's foundation uh, $37 billion. Well, just for one second, contemplate that this number, $37 billion, represents less than one-tenth of the total cost of the war in Iraq thus far when you figure in uh, actual uh, ongoing expenses for operations as well as the, uh, in, in, you know, literally the 70-year cost of providing uh, health care and uh, benefits to veterans that have been wounded and killed. But, of course, the unimaginable and intangible costs of human suffering and uh, lives and families destroyed. Basically, the situation on the ground, since that's going to be the uh, defining standard by which decisions will be made, uh, pretty much looks like it was based on about two weeks' worth of intelligence synthesis. So, um, And kind of bizarre, your, your mention of uh, the power grab, that Dick Cheney's you know, ex post facto explanation for the way in which this power has been gathered uh, to the executive branch was uh, his comment was basically to paraphrase uh, an attempt to his you know reclaim ground uh, that had been historically lost by the executive yeah. which is a ridiculous assertion because 
clearly with just about each presidential administration, uh, there has been a steady gain of power to the executive branch. If you look at the way in which uh, security concerns have been allowed to dominate uh, just about every facet of national policy, um, this clearly falls into the lap of a strengthened executive. Yeah, and one of the things that they pointed out, because they gave a historical overview of the uh, propinquity between Donald Rumsfeld and Dick Cheney, which of course is fascinating, it actually goes back to the Nixon administration, um, and uh, Dick Cheney and Donald Rumsfeld in the so-called Halloween Massacre of 1975 were able to strip Henry Kissinger of half of his uh, title at the time he was Secretary of State and National Security Advisor, put Donald Rumsfeld into the Secretary of Defense's position, put Dick Cheney, uh, replacing Rumsfeld as Chief of Staff to Gerald Ford, and put George Bush into the CIA, George Bush's father. Right. So this little nexus of Bush, Cheney, and Rumsfeld is a long, scary um, connection of all sorts of Perfidity, and interestingly, in the most recent edition of The Nation magazine, uh, William Greider, I think it's in this one, uh, let me check real quick, yeah, um, Cheney and Hal, which is uh, short for the uh, stock uh, abbreviation of the Halliburton Corporation, details the in profound incompetence of Dick Cheney running the Halliburton Corporation, and this incompetence is rampant today in the U.S. government. And this uh, idea that um, the executive power is somehow ceded a power to the other branches of government is preposterous. If anything, they have more power than ever. They've had plenty of power. And checks and balances is just merely a thing that you learn in your civics course uh, back in the eighth grade. Doesn't seem to apply at the current uh, moment. Checks and balances are, are really... Uh, should be a, uh, a new uh, euphemism for deficit spending. <laughs> Write us a check, uh, and we'll uh, increase the uh, deficit, uh, i.e. the balance. That's the only thing it is, and uh, it's frightening. So if that documentary ever does show again, and I'm sure it will, The Dark Side, which of course is a Star Wars reference, I'm sure, um, detailing the... Uh, wickedness of Dick Cheney, um, because he was at the heart of uh, these dis this disinformation campaign, and, and it included everything from claims about Mohammed Atta, that even the FBI had evidence that everything Cheney was saying publicly was false, was an outright lie, and that they were sort of browbeating the CIA to go along with this. So it, it's got all the, uh, literally all the top-level uh, People in the CIA and the military, at least that were willing to talk on camera, noticeably absent, of course, were Donald Rumsfeld, Dick Cheney, and good old Tommy Franks. Uh, they refused to uh, make any comments for this uh, presentation. But uh, this cabal that uh, Lawrence Wilkerson, uh, the assistant uh, to Colin Powell, who's t uh, detailed this in his appearances before the media and also in a book, on the lecture circuit is uh, true. Uh, there was a cabal involving Dick Cheney and Donald Rumsfeld, and uh, the consequences of this are mind-boggling. Well, 
I guess criminal proceedings can't come quickly enough. Although uh, Bob Herbert has a nice column in today's Times about uh, the potential for the administration to play politics with this whole, now the debate is, well, Democrats want to cut and run and Republicans want to stay the course. That uh, I don't want to repeat Bill Frist's Goldwater-esque, uh, although Goldwater-esque doesn't even make sense anymore because the current batch of Republicans are far to the right of Goldwater, who although pretty darn right-wing in his day, uh, by today's standards, would be uh, pretty much a liberal or a moderate Republican. Uh, but uh, all this talk last week from Republicans about a refusal to withdraw, that Democrats are weak on this and want to bail. Um, well, in fact, uh, General George Casey does indeed have a withdrawal plan on file, uh, and interestingly enough, as uh, Bob Herbert's uh, column points out, uh, quoting from uh, Michael Gordon in another article in the Times, uh, that, quote, if executed, the plan, the withdrawal plan, could have considerable political significance. The first reductions would take place before this fall's congressional elections, while even bigger cuts might come before the 2008 presidential election. So, I mean, talk about cynical. Mm -hmm. If, If this is indeed a plan... It's being denied that the plan exists, and if it is a plan, which will be called upon, I mean, they're having it both ways here. They're saying that you can't withdraw and that, oh, we will withdraw for promotional uh, PR reasons. Um, And as far as Democrats uh, who voted uh, against any kind of withdrawal, it seems bizarre to claim that you're against the war in the first place, but to be for the continued occupation simply because of matters of national um, self-respect or, uh, you know, we don't want to send the wrong message or any of these other sort of ridiculous arguments against, uh, you know, if your hand is in a fire, you pull it out because it's burning you and there's all sorts of reasons. uh, You don't stop and think about it. Well, no, it would show weakness if we extricate ourselves from this tremendous disaster that the war has, in fact, proved to be. Well, and the cut and run, of course, is a uh, slogan that the Republicans are very good at coming up with. I'm sure that Frank Luntz uh, has worked with so-called survey groups to come up with uh, the language to use to portray the Democrats' plan, so to speak. I think that what's significant about the uh, Mm Levin-Reed amendment that got 39 votes, I believe that six Democrats uh, stuck with the Republicans, and undoubtedly they represent uh, southern states or so-called red states. Maybe they're even up for re-election. I didn't catch their names. But uh, the important thing about it, I think, is that it does send a signal that there are now almost 40 votes in the United States Senate that probably will limit um, the uh, funding for uh, the occupation of Iraq. I think that what's lost in the uh, current political debate is the simple... Um, refusal to recognize that there is an element of the Bush administration that has no intention of withdrawing, ever. This is a permanent basing concept for the Middle East. This is a concept that's been detailed more extensively, by the way, in the British media, about how the United States has created four massive... Super bases. Super bases. That the only rebuilding that's actually going on in Iraq is actually the rebuilding of the Saudi military bases, Let's remember that before the uh, second Persian Gulf War, whatever you want to call it, 
Uh, the United States had 50,000 troops scattered throughout the Middle East. Well, Osama bin Laden, uh, Bush doesn't want to uh, have his name mentioned anytime uh, over the next uh, Zarqawi, though. six months uh, before the election, his goal was to get the troops out of Saudi Arabia. Interestingly, George Bush is accommodating that goal. And as I have argued repeatedly in the past, just exactly when did Osama bin Laden leave the CIA? Um, our policy in Iraq is plays right into his hands. It has from the beginning. This idea that they're going to attack us here is ridiculous. They don't need to attack us here. They're achieving their goals uh, based on the incompetence of George Bush this ragtag uh, Taliban, uh, f these forces are regrouping in Afghanistan. This has actually been the worst uh, year for American troops in Afghanistan since 2001. Mm -hmm. We don't have enough troops there. Um, we're stretched throughout this region uh, with inadequate forces on the ground and dwindling uh, allied support. I mean, even Japan just last week announced yep. that they're withdrawing their so-called humanitarian troops. Koizumi, um, I believe he's up for re-election. Um, so the reality is, and the unspoken truth about the Bush policy, and he himself has even admitted that uh, the future of Iraq will be up to his successor. He can't afford to withdraw uh, at all uh, until 2009. We will be in Iraq until 2009 because this GOP... Uh, that controls Congress is operating under this stay the course concept. Well, this is a slogan from the Reagan years. And, of course, it's a tired and worn slogan. Uh, I don't know what the course is. Bush talked about victory again today uh, in, in such uh, mythical terms uh, regarding a future stable Iraq government that can provide for its own security. This is ridiculous. The Iraqi military has no air force. How... On earth are they expected to defend themselves, in theory, in the Middle East without an air force? Uh, is the United States going to allow them to rebuild militarily to defend themselves against a putative en enemy like Iran? Who knows? But this is what's missing from the debate. The Republicans are using slogans, stay the course, cut and run. They're not talking about the reality. Uh, the United States plans to stay ad infinitum, ad nauseum, uh, let's look at uh, Korea. Let's look at yeah. Germany, Japan. Our troops are still there. The United States is like that unwelcome guest on your couch. They won't leave, even if you ask them to. And, of course, Bush's escape justification for staying indefinitely is, oh, well, there's not adequate security on the ground. And... Uh, the notion that somehow Baghdad or these western provinces where most of the American casualties just continue, I mean, it's staggering. There's 6,000 people died in Baghdad uh, during the first three months alone of this year in these uh, increased number of improvised uh, device attacks. And as these British experts pointed out, there are now 17 uh, terror groups uh, in Iraq. And Zarqawi is uh, basically a a zip that uh, was eliminated with a little 500-pound bomb. Actually, I guess there were two of them. Uh, we didn't use Clearasol. We uh, used the big bombs. Well, this is all a fiction.
Um, but it is important uh, regarding what uh, that amendment that was debated last week in Congress. And, of course, the media, how do they spin it? Mm-hmm. The Democrats are not uni- united, even though they all, I mean, they're very united on the so-called Reed-Levin proposal. Uh, 39 of them voted for it and six voted against. They weren't, uh, they didn't go along with the Kerry uh, Feingold proposal that, of course, wants to set a date and create uh, some pressure on this uh, puppet government in Iraq that, of course, is rampantly linked to corruption. Uh, there have been detailed uh, reports about how 40% of the oil revenue is being siphoned off uh, by insurgent groups, of all things. It's a disaster. But uh, if we can uh, put frosting on it and uh, claim that the president has a plan of staying the course and achieving victory, we can continue to delude ourselves. The Choke one. down those crap sandwiches? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> victory is in sight. There's light at the end of the tunnel. There's all these uh, concepts now that are so reminiscent of Vietnam. And Indeed. in fact, it was the eventual erosion in Congress of the support for the Vietnam War that led to its defunding. That's what it's going to take. It's going to take Congress standing up in majorities and asserting this ball game is over. Uh, you, you, you cannot have the money. But as we know, uh, the, the Bush administration doesn't even comply with law. They diverted $700 million from the war in Afghanistan in 2002 to set up the war in Iraq. And this is detailed by CIA people that were interviewed in this dark side program. The CIA people on the ground, right, as Ben Laden was in uh, in their sites in Tora Bora, were talking about how the Rumsfeld and Bush and Cheney had permitted, and Franks, had permitted the diversion of military assets in Afghanistan to Iraq. And, of course, this is uh, 18 months before there was any uh, actual war in Iraq, but it was certainly part of the neoconservatives' uh, overall goal in the Middle East. And as I would argue, the uh, permanent basing of troops in Iraq is part of the unspoken uh, agenda of the... uh, neoconservative slash George Bush Cheney cabal that has stolen two elections and uh, is shredding the Constitution. But fortunately, we're going to get a flag-burning amendment sometime this week. <laughs> well, actually, last week was <laughs> chatting with Mars about the whole voting thing, and uh, she suggested that uh, perhaps in the future, uh, American citizens can FOIA their own voting records to find out if, in fact, their votes have been accurately tabulated um it's too early to start getting into anxiety mode about uh, how the next election may in fact be run here um uh, but it's certainly worth thinking about and i think citizens need to uh that's the old bumper sticker if you're not pissed off you're not paying attention something like that um it's going to be big and of course, if you're uh, Rick Santorum, you're never paying attention. We'll give him a brain damage <laughs> award for going on the Senate floor and actually claiming that we have found the weapons of mass destruction. Uh, these weapons turned out to be somewhere near the Iranian border. Uh, Saddam may have known about them, may not have known about them, but they apparently were chemical weapons from the Iran-Iraq War mm-hmm. of the 1980s. And if uh, Rick Santorum would don some scuba equipment... Uh, he could go find some <clears throat> similar type weapons. Um, these are American uh, chemical and mustard gas weapons that were dumped off the coast of Hawaii back in the uh, mid-40s. And uh, 
Well, he can fish them out of the water off the shores of Oahu, uh, put them on a surfboard, and produce them in Congress, claiming we found the weapons of mass destruction our own. Saddam hid them off the coast of Hawaii with his time machine. He had a little secret submarine that he was going to use to attack the United States. And, of course, needless to say, back then, America didn't even... Uh, Hawaii wasn't even part of America. It right. was actually a military base in the American uh, imperialist... Uh, uh, military industrial complex did what they wanted back then, and it's uh, basically it says that the weapons in Hawaii, Honolulu, have been dumped there f uh, all the way between the uh, mid 40s up to the uh, uh, 1970s. So Rick Santorum um, down 18 points in the polls in Pennsylvania, apparently has forgotten to wear his motorcycle helmet. Well, uh, if he should uh, fail to uh, be reelected in the fall, uh, at least he has the lasting legacy of his name having been turned into a most uh, disturbing and obscene noun, yeah. which uh, I don't want to talk about here at the dinner hour. Um, there's about five minutes left in the program. I'm not sure how many uh, major things we, we can squeeze in here. I've got a short, bizarre thing in a pretty interesting article that uh, I might just save for, for next week about so-called oil nationalism. But this one's just too bizarre, and I guess uh, we'll follow up a Santorum uh, blip with this. Uh, from today's New York Times, a coffin with military seal is found empty. Yeah, This is weird. An empty coffin with a military seal was found in the desert south of Tucson on Saturday, and sheriff's deputies were looking for a body. Quote, obviously it had the smell... And there was other evidence that it had been inhabited recently, Deputy Don Barkman said Sunday. Forensic investigators took DNA samples, and a nationwide alert was issued in hopes of finding who had been in the coffin, Deputy Barkman said. Uh, deputies were called to a desert area near Interstate 10 after two people playing paintball discovered the coffin. Deputy Barkman said the coffin was metallic silver with a United States Army insignia on it. Well, we have a lot of cemeteries, but it could be from anywhere, Deputy Bartman said. Right now, we don't have any concrete information where it came from. And I thought, first, you know, not to be too cynical or anything, but perhaps this represents a uh, a coffin that George Bush could, could visit and welcome home. It's out in the middle of nowhere. There would be nobody around to protest his uh, war policies. Of course, the president has – I can't believe I called him the president uh, – Bush has uh, been uh, under a lot of criticism for his failure to meet with families, uh, to visit uh, wounded troops in hospital, and uh, even to really acknowledge uh, bodies as they return home. Um, but this is just a weird little story. Well, maybe Zarqawi was in it and he's popped out of the, the grave, so to speak. He's risen from the dead. Uh, maybe it was a couple of Mexicans uh, sneaking into the country. Sneaking into the country, yeah. It had been inhabited recently. <laughs> Any sign of pork and beans and and Frankfurters? Uh, it says here, of course, over the 4th of July weekend in the most recent Harper's Index that 150 million hot dogs will be consumed this weekend. And uh, real quickly on the motorcycle helmet uh, thing, because... Uh, that was vetoed earlier in the week by uh, Jennifer Granholm, part of the uh, GOP's uh, effort at distracting the public. 
Um, of course, these groups are all emotional about this uh, veto. And this is uh, evidence, by the way, that their public arguments are incorrect. Just uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, our good old Ann Arbor News from Newswire reports noted in the state of Florida, <clears throat> Jeb Bush's territory, motorcycle fatalities involving riders without helmets have soared in the six years since Jeb Bush repealed the state's mandatory helmet law. The Florida Today analysis of federal motorcycle crash statistics found unhelmeted deaths in Florida rose from 22 in 1998 and 99 to 250 by 2004. And it's not surprising. I mean, it's why people can't see this one. It's a little remarkable. And, of course, total motorcycle deaths in the state have increased 67% from 259 in 2000 to 432 in 2004. Uh, They've increased 87% since George Bush, uh, I mean, excuse me, Jeb Bush. um, It's hard, easy to confuse the two. There's so many Bushes in our lives these days. Um, Since the helmet law was repealed on July 1st of 2000. Empirical evidence that the uh, opponents of the motorcycle helmet law are just full of it. I'm all in favor, by the way, of allowing people to ride without them. I just don't think uh, hospitals and or uh, taxpayers should be stuck with the bill of, of, of paying for these injuries. Then um, life support and rehabilitation, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Repeal the law but require uh, catastrophic health insurance that all helmetless riders have to have. And if they don't, uh, jail time. Well, you know, nothing quite beats the feeling of the wind whipping freely through your hair, unless it's the feeling of your head rolling and smashing against the pavement as you uh, are ejected from your bicycle in an accident. Or, of course, a moth going in your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) This could also lead to difficulty while on the hog. Putt, putt. Yeah, and speaking of national security, if 150 million hot dogs are going to be eaten, uh, I wonder how much foodborne illnesses will be uh, encountered as a result. And I wonder also how many flags will be burned this weekend. And I'm willing to bet that it will be very few. Uh, So should a flag-burning amendment actually get to the point where it has to go its rounds through the states for support... um, I expect that we will see more flag burning. I mean, there's really not much of it going on. Yeah, at least not here in the United States. No. uh, uh, It's one more diversionary tactic to create a phony uh, controversy about nothing. And, of course, well, it's to be predicted that, of course, there are going to be Democrats in Congress that are going to vote against this. All the Republicans, I'm sure, will vote in favor of it and uh, turn it into a... Crusade. One of those uh, moral, ethical issues. And, of course, what would happen if the World Cup would ever, I mean, you know, how do you enforce uh, flags that are people are wearing uh, at the World Cup? God forbid. Well, it looks like it's a little after 7 o'clock. You're listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. The program is Gray Matters. Yazoo City Calling will be taking the air shortly, I believe. Uh, we will notify you when that uh, eventuality should occur. Well, maybe I do have time then to, uh, or we have extra time. 
uh, to uh, briefly consider some of the language in this uh, 